All right, what's up, addicts? It's your boy Steve here. Uh, starting us off today, we are Sands Rodney. He is uh, traveling for work from the Midwest to the East Coast. So today, we got myself, we got Le, we got Dev, and Yo. then we got Big Phil coming at you. Podcast number eleven, the mighty mighty Mark Rippin. Um, I'm bigger than Phil, man. How come you just can call Big Phil and I got to be just called regular? Hey, it's just a term of endearment. You can be big at lead. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we can come to Virginia and we can have a sumo match on this. There shit. you go. I don't want to lather up and just run up against another dude, man. But <laughs> All right. So today, um, since last week's pod, um, we, we don't have a tremendous amount of topics. And our last pod was pretty massive. We talked about the roster and we each broke down the different position groups on both sides of the ball. It was a pretty long, long pod, but I think it was, you know, in depth. I think it was a good, good insight to what everyone thinks about the positions. But for this week, we're going to keep it simple. Um, so we'll start off with our man, Ron Rivera. Uh, I think he had a, a good interview with, uh, was it Ben Standing? Yep. And uh, which is good, him talking to the local media. And, and Ron is really just saying all the right things. But uh, we'll talk about Ron Rivera here right quick and, um, you know, what that interview meant for us. If you guys saw the highlights, the clips, um, and we'll turn it over to Phil. What's your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you what, the biggest, the key part of that interview was one question. One question. Ben Standing asked Ron Rivera, with all that's going on, with this team in the off season, do you have any regrets taking this job? Ron launched into a nine and a half minute, according to Ben Standig, nine and a half minute diatribe on diatribe. why he does not regret taking this job. And I'm going to hit up some of the highlights because there's a lot. There was a lot to digest, but basically. He talked about the fact that he saw this as an opportunity that he could really work with our organization to help turn things around. Right. He talked about the immense respect he has for the organization, talked about the history, talked about the fact that Ron Rivera's father served in the military with Charlie Taylor's father. So he feels kind of a connection through that as well. He talked about the fact that he played at RFK when he was a bear and that he knows how special this fan base can be and that it's just been a lack of success and a bad culture that's led to where we're, where we're at now. Amen. He blasted the media. He says, you know, some of this is on you because all you do is talk about how shitty we've been, how awful yeah. it's been. You never talk about when we're going in the right direction. And that can be said. I mean, our local media still – talks about RG3. Our local media still talks about Kirk Cousins. You know, once every two weeks, you'll hear a Hainsworth reference. I get it. He gets it. He says, but when we're doing things right, you should report on that too. When we're trying to move forward in a positive direction, you should report on that too. He's just calling the media for a little bit more of a fair and balanced, to use a certain <laughs> channel's phrase. A more right. fair and balanced approach to how they cover this team. Right. And I, I'll i get to that in a second because that led to some other comments. Well, it's just like when your girlfriend breaks up. I mean, we could do something to make your girlfriend mad. You know, it's like, hey, baby, we're going to the store. Y'all ride to the store together. 
And then you're like, well, I'm gonna go left because it's a quicker ride. Like, you go left with that bitch? Like, she's never gonna let you forget all the bad <laughs> shit you did, you know what I'm saying? No matter what happens, it's like, oh man, you know, I forgot to, you know, get my food out of the microwave. I bet you wouldn't have forgot if it was a bitch's food, you know? It's like, <laughs> anything you do is, is gonna be wrong. I feel like that's how the risk is all right now, you know? We pretty well, much, we pretty much talking about the other bitch every time. Well, we need to focus on our bitch. And this is that's what Ron's kind of talking about. Don't talk about the past. Right. It's we just got an, it's an, it's an, it's an easy out. I think I think it's like shoddy journalism just to say, you know, you to immediately cop to the Dan Snyder is terrible. Like, come on. We, that's, now, that's I like one other thing he addressed in there, and then I'll get to the media thing. But he also brought up that people had criticized him. He'd seen tweets and some articles and other stuff where people said, oh, you only took this job because of the money, which, by the way, we still haven't seen what his contract actually is mm-hmm. and all that's entailed in it. Probably got a couple pay raises. Right. He owns his kids and everything. <laughs> he deserves them right now. But I like what he said. When he says, if I was out for the money, why would I have taken this job so quickly? I would have pit the Giants, the Redskins, the Browns, the Cowboys all against each other to bump up my salary. Facts. And he's right. He would have had his pick. He was one of the top two or three names out there going into the offseason. And he took this job without re- any real hesitation. So obviously he's committed to try and improve things. He's calling out everybody who's covering this team. And you know what? I take some of that on us too. And I think we do a good job of this of we look at things with an objective eye. We have our people that we like our people that we don't like, but in the overall scope of things, we look at things objectively as we see it. And we can put aside some negativity we may feel from past seasons and that the media needs to do that in general because harping on this team and harping on that bad journalism of, oh, Dan Snyder's still the owner. It's going to suck. That's yeah. just lazy. Dan Snyder doesn't really do him favors, though. You know, by, by you know, uh, telling the uh, national media they can't go to press conferences, only local media, you know, uh, stuff like that. That's how come when they do report news, like, oh, I got you now, sucker. Bow, bow, bow. Got you now. Can't wait. You know, Which they can't wait. Our, the, the national media gets all the leaks. Not the local. Right. right. Why is why is it that Jason Lock and Four has every leak on his team? Bruce Allen. Exactly. Bruce Allen, yeah. He Lock and Four is the Washington Post guy. But they had this that was the thing. All of our leaks went national. Our local media, I think that's part of the reason why they always had kind of a contentious relationship with Dan Snyder, is because all the leaks went national for the past fifteen years. Right. Nobody in our area has ever broken the story. So I think that's where a lot of that hate comes from. And here's Ron saying, look, don't do that. <laughs> Cover us right. Now, I got a problem with Mike Florio, who's already a pain in my ass. Because Mike Florio started criticizing Ron Rivera. How dare you tell the media how to cover your team? No, he's telling them that we. I feel that your coverage is unfair. He is free to say that. Now, Mike Florio has also been on this jump on the bandwagon of, I've always thought the Redskins' name was deeply racist. You know, stuff that he never mentioned until it became fashionable to mention. 
Yeah, everybody likes to talk about shit when you ain't getting the check no more. Exactly. So Mike Florio can kiss my ass. He can get the left cheek. Right cheek goes to Max Kellerman for the same shit. And he can't rap. You can't rap, Max Kellerman. <laughs> you know he used to be a rapper, right? Looking shit up on YouTube. He actually had bars. I like that. Oh my god! Yeah, ass. He he had. A, I think he had a record contract. I got a dude like, who's look. I, I I used to do it too. Fifteen years ago, I, I, I gave up that dream. Old. Fifteen years ago, I gave up that dream. I will come out of retirement and battle Max. <laughs> oh shit! Oh pow 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 pow! That's why I fucked your bitch, you fat mother. Get money. You gonna do it? Hit him up. First off, fuck first take and a click you claim. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna have up again Jalen Rose on your ass and everything, but leave my shut up Yo, so let me let me say something real quick too about what you're saying, Phil. I think the thing that impressed me the most about that press conference or that interview he gave was the fact that he has such deep roots to the Redskins organization, like his dad and the Charlie Taylor thing. I think I I, I feel you on what you're saying and I agree. Like I Although he couldn't say anything other than I don't have any regrets. Um, I think the fact that he gave more to it than that, than just a no, says a lot about Ron Rivera to me. Absolutely. I like the part where he talked about, um, <clears throat> he said Dan knew he had a problem in October of last year. That's kind of insightful that we, I mean, we kind of suspected Jay might've been on the, 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 the short leash, but he said, Dan made a decision in October of last season and started researching what he had to do. Like at that, I mean, you can ask why didn't he just fire Jay then? Or, I mean, actually he did fire him shortly after that. Never mind, didn't he? Was it November he got fired? Was I can't. I can't. I can't remember. It was um, before week six, I think. I think. No, no. And that gave Callahan two weeks One, to. Two. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he was referencing that. That I thought it was a little, little earlier, but, um, but then he said he, you know, Dan started researching all the coach-centric teams. This is what kind of excites me, you know. He, Ron listed Kansas City, New England, New Orleans, Seattle. So we're talking Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, and um, who's the cheater guy from USC? Phil uh, Pete Carroll, uh, in, in Seattle. Um, and they won. It's true. I wish, I wish so, we fucking cheat. Hell, all the cheaters be winning. <laughs> we cheated so, salary cap, but still didn't get no wins. No, <laughs> but if we can model, if if they're looking to model off of those franchises, I mean, I'm happy. That makes me very happy because at least we know the direction they're going. All these years have passed, we never knew where they were going as far as what what power coaches have versus what was Bruce doing versus what was the GM or lack thereof doing? Like, it, it sounds like it's, it's all wrong. It's all going to be wrong. So I think the buck's going to stop with him in the future. So that's kind of reassuring that that's now in place. Whereas before um, we didn't know, they said Jay had to say on personnel, but Bruce is pulling all the strings. Like we, we don't know what they were doing. So that, that's what I found refreshing out of the article too. Or the, the thing that, the thing that gives me. That. I was going to say, there's one thing I want to add on to that. Uh, what I liked about hearing that was that it tells me that Dan Snyder may be finding the appropriate level of management that he should be. That's what he should be doing. He's been distant past decade before that he was too involved the decade before. I think he's starting to find that balance. His job is to find the guy 
who's going to you know do the everyday running of things. Right. He's not going to be too distant where he doesn't know what's going on, but he's not going to be so involved that he's meddling in everything. That kind of thinking, where uh, wherever whatever brick hit Dan in the head that made him say, "Oh, this is what I should be doing as an owner," Dan, keep doing it. Yeah, Steve, give me those. Steve, give me those teams' name, the coach-centric teams' names. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, Kansas City, Andy Mm Reid, New England. New Orleans, Seattle. He did even mention Tom Coughlin, so I'm guessing he's talking about Baltimore to an extent. Yeah, the, the well, Giants, but but what the thing that gives me caution, and the reason I ask you to repeat that is because what do all those teams have in common? Super Bowl. Super Bowls. No, well that too, but what else? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, go, no, I don't know. I don't know. Young players. Are, no, really great quarterbacks. And True. A, yeah. a great oh, yeah, quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. can cover up for every mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like like Belichick in New England has I'm not been a good drafter. He yeah. signed some free agents that just haven't worked out, but he had Brady. You know, the, yeah. Sean Payton. Um, you know, the year that Sean Payton was suspended, how did the the Saints do that year? I don't remember. I'm I think asking. they went, I think they got eliminated early on. I'll, I'll, yeah, they, okay. I mean, the, the, right, the, like the Browns had the same system, and they didn't win shit when Belichick was on the Browns. Right. That's what I'm saying. Actually, so, hold up. They were actually doing well. It was the whole moving of the team to Baltimore that kind of fucked everything up. They, went to they the weren't doing Brady and the Patriots well, though. The year before. Yeah, they were playing. Hell, we went to, went to the playoffs once. Yeah. So, like, it's cool to have a, a coach-centric organization. I think there's some – benefit to that and I think for you know you could probably put the 49ers in that too because that organization revolves around Kyle Shanahan even though they have uh, John Lynch as a GM but if you don't have a quarterback all that goes out the window so if Ron can't solve this quarterback situation and we all hope it's Haskins then we might be having a different conversation three years from now mm-hmm. yes good uh Go ahead. I was gonna say something totally off wall. I, I was just say Saints finished seven and nine that year without without Peyton. So yeah, and twelve. That's not great. Not great. I was yeah. gonna say, man, I'm never letting Ellie talk to my girl with that deep ass voice, man. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> sound like on BET Midnight Love over this motherfucker. You know, Welcome with the Midnight Love. I'm Ellie. <laughs> God damn. So must, must be his headphones. I can hear. It. I can, hear, yeah. I can hear him over chewing bubble gum. <laughs> so Ron Rivera, he doesn't have any regrets coming to Washington, which is good. I think we all appreciate that. However, that's transitioning to our next segment of, um, you know, quarterback. There's been some recent news about Alex Smith, you know, coming back, getting clears by, let's put this out there, his doctors, not my the man. team doctors, not, not, he did not pass a physical yet, team doctors. My man. Yeah, so – Coach has no regrets joining this team, but you know what? He, this is why he gets paid the big bucks. He has some decisions to make, particularly at the skill position. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens. But um, So let's talk about the news with Alex Smith coming back into the fold or not coming back into the fold and uh, what y'all think. So, Dev, I, I I don't think he's in the fold as far as, you know, he's going to actually play or start a game at quarterback unless he absolutely has to. But I think he's in the fold to the point where – Somebody could not make the team because of it, because you're gonna have to put him on a you're gonna have to put him on a roster. He's gonna have to at least make the 53. If I heard he could opt out or push some guaranteed money into next year if he opts out due to uh, having to 
issue that was stopping him from playing due to COVID or whatnot, and maybe those infections and stuff he had, what maybe uh something that makes him more susceptible, and he could opt out because of it. It would save him a year. But I don't know if he want to come into being a 37-year-old quarterback, <laughs> you know. And I don't know if he's that type of guy. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy who is totally in it for the money. You know, he's already had a big contract when he left, when he was at San Fran. He already had a big contract. He, he, he's probably not hurting for money. It's not his first go around. I think he wants to set out and prove to himself and other people that he can still play. Um, I want to see him play, yeah, but I, I don't want to see him get hurt. I'd rather him not play versus play and get hurt. I do think he'll make the team at some point this year, be on the 52-man uh, roster or whatever, and I think that he'll take a knee or a spike or something like that, whether it's the last game of the year or just before the bow or something like that. I don't know, but I think he'll do something to show he can get on the field, and they'll cut him next year when it's cheaper to do so. Um, I'm rooting for the guy. I know all of you guys rooting for the guy, but man, I I want to see him play, but I don't want to see him play for us. If Alex Smith opts out and pushes that contract to next year, when we should be looking at cutting him, when it would actually be cost beneficial to us and just makes us suffer through another year of his contract, I'm no longer going to root for him. Well, it'll be prorated and count. Uh, I think some of the cap will count toward this year. So it won't be like we'll increase our cap a lot. It won't hurt us as bad as you think it will. But I think the, the, I think the issue is that the Redskins in a situation where everything, like we were talking about earlier, is just fuck up news, man. Piss, pissy news, bad news on the on the owner. And this is kind of the one glimmering light. Like this dude is making a comeback. This is awesome. This is this is a feel-good story when there's not a lot of feel-good stories in the world right now, you know? And I think that that's something the Redskins want to keep. But damn it, if he steps on the field, man, it could it could be either disastrous. Or it could be like the greatest thing since, you know, um, Magnum condoms or some shit. You know, it, <laughs> I, I, it could be one of the two. It's, it's a feel good story in a vacuum. Right. But that's not what we are because if you look at this in every other way, it's, it, it just has a horrible outcome. So let's say he's, the Redskins can't cut him because the optics of that are going to look really bad. Because he fought all this way to come back, and he's healthy, and now we're like, sorry, dude. After we're the organization that put him on the field that ended up getting him hurt, even though it's a part of football. And the coach took the player that blocks well out of the game for a guy that don't block well to get him fucked up. Right, and the doctor screwed him up a couple times. Um, yeah. You know, but if he, he never if he blamed come, anyone. He didn't, but everybody knows that our stupid training staff um, didn't take care of, or they, you know, they're the ones that didn't secure the wound when it Watch first happened. Yeah, somebody, just, just man, dude, because it just there's so many bad things. Like the only good outcome of this is somehow for him to be like, I'm gonna hang it up. Somebody in his corner to tell him to retire. He's not gonna to do go that. Out. You see that? I know, I know. But somebody around him should be telling him to do that. If he plays, it's like okay. But now here comes the media. You're already starting to see it. Oh, cool. there's a quarterback situation in Washington. Who said the things that's hurting him? The things that are keeping him from passing the physical aren't things that will stop you from being able to play quarterback, but there might be things that stop you from being playing a quarterback at an elite level. Like, perhaps well, that, perhaps there's certain things he can't do that he's used to doing, but he's just going to have to learn how to do it a different way. That he that he could probably still do it. 
Like, don't probably play. I don't want I don't want him playing quarterback for this team anymore. Not going to. At all. Yeah. He's done. He's not uh, going to play quarterback, but he's going to be on the team as a quarterback. Somebody's not going to make it. I'm telling y'all, man. That's what I think it's going to be. AP. Think I'm joking. Oh man, they like the other guys. <laughs> they like the other guys too much, man. They like the other guys too much. If we're gonna go young, go young. Man, I think they should just trade him for like a, get what you can—a fourth rounder. That, I agree. I mean, it, it, whatever, whatever comes up. I mean, he he did not pass the physical. Now I don't know if he passed it and failed. It just says that he didn't pass the physical, so he's on the pup list. The physical enable perform, and he can come off of that at any time at camp. So. The thing that's in you have to look at though on one of these articles is so Ken Zampezi, he's the new quarterbacks coach, right? He he's he's excited. He had an interview too with uh, shoot, I'm not sure who was with, but he was excited that Dwayne's working out with all these all pro receivers, his own people. He was excited that he was working with Cam Newton, and then he said that you know. Cam has been speaking this terminology very fluently for years, so I'm excited that he was able to work with him. So I know that's not Alex Smith related, but I mean that the team, I think the team's all in on Dwayne. I mean, shoot, we just talked about the hype video. They just posted tonight. I watched it. I was like, the team did some social media work and they posted a, a, a Simba, you know, graphic on top of him. It was a hype video just for him made by the team. I don't think right. Alex Smith is in the picture. Um, and I think they're, if, if you can look at it from that direction that, I think they're trying to say he's not in the picture also, but it's a great story. I hope he comes back. I, he has like, what, 50 pins in his leg. Bro, get your money, get paid, be healthy for your kids, stay on the sideline. Don't take a roster spot. Don't dress up. That's just what I, that's just what I hope he does. I mean, but you're right, Dev, he might take a roster spot. But why? Like it's so, if it's so pointless, like there's so many people that could benefit this team more. I'd rather see Steven Montez play before Alex Smith. I would too. You know, go ahead, Phil. Go ahead, Phil. You talk about feel good stories. Do you know what would be a real feel good story? Is Chase Young and Montez Sweat high lowing the shit out of Carson Wentz? Uh, I thought you was going to say hello, Alex Smith, at practice, dog. I thought you was going there, bro. I was like, this, mute this motherfucker. I was like, this, I thought you was going there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It could be, you know, Dwayne Haskins going for 404 touchdowns on the Cowboys. It would be our loaded backfield doing 300-plus on the Giants. These are the feel-good stories. Us winning would be the ultimate feel-good story, especially with all this other shit that went on during this offseason, that the Washington football team wins. That's the feel-good story. And you're not going to get those wins by catering a roster spot to a guy with 50 pins in his leg and who was nearly a deaths less than two years ago right yep all right well that's quarterbacks <laughs> ron Rivera is gonna have to make a big decision but i think we know the decision already shouldn't really be a decision um so let's transition transition on to running running backs and the latest news that came out this past week was um 
Bryce Love has been cleared. Now, this what I don't know is has he been cleared fully? Is he fully in the mix? Has he been cleared by the team? Is, I know he's been cleared by his own doctors, but um, him being in the mix now totally changes the dynamic that what we, we've been talking about running backs for. I think we've talked about running backs on three separate pods. Um, to hear Ellie and Phil go back is like my favorite pastime outside of doing this. So <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this next session. Um, and I'm going to turn it over to Ellie to talk about running backs with Bryce Love now potentially in the equation. Let's do that. I want to talk to you guys about Antonio Gibson. No, I'm, I'm joking. So, <laughs> Ooh, nah, we like Antonio Gibson. I, I think, I, honestly, and I, I think Bryce Love has been cleared by the team too um, because yeah, he yeah. was practicing. He's not on pup. No. I think Bryce Love changes everything if he is healthy. I still think AP is the starter out the gate. I'm not going to waver on that. I think, you know, first carry of the season is going to go to AP. Um, but I think what happens behind that becomes brand new based on what we kind of been discussing. Um, I think everybody assumes that Geis is the number two. I, I think Love is very capable of being the number two running back and very capable of taking that role and then maybe eventually becoming the starter here. Um, I don't, we don't know, you know, we haven't seen any practices. We've kind of heard things. The quote from Randy Jordan about guys today didn't strike me as a positive comment. I don't know how you uh, guys took that. No, I didn't, I didn't see it. Lay it on us. He, he said, and I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase and also misquote this, but it was something to the degree of he's seen part of the movie. I don't even think he was talking about He got an appetizer. Yeah, he got the appetizer, but he wants the whole meal. Right. That's like the thing that people tell somebody in class that's like a D student that they think could get better grades. I didn't take that as, oh, man, I definitely want to see him start. I think he's challenging guys to be around yeah. to do more. And now, you know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little yeah, bit of both. I, I, I think that was sure. more of just playing on the fact that, hey, you were hurt. We saw that you can do something, but we want to see it all this year. No excuses. Get it done. No excuses. And, you know, yeah. and I think that's also letting guys know, hey, we're tired of appetizers. You give us another appetizer this year, we're going to go on and find, order a different plate of food. Right. I just I – don't, I don't think the future is secure for guys. And I think if, if love starts flashing early in camp, I think these guys are going to start thinking about how they're – well, they're already thinking about how they can build long-term, which is another reason why I don't think that Alice is a fix for us. But you got guy, young guys all over the place, right? Besides AP, besides Thomas Davis, I think those guys are going to stay around the whole year just for locker room culture and teaching these guys how to prepare. Um, but I do think, you know, if, if Love is doing well, and I, I don't know enough about Bryce Love to say if he's an every-down running back. I know you guys feel like he can be. I watched a little bit of those highlights, uh, stuff that you guys sent earlier. There's some things I didn't love about his game, like getting to the corner. He seemed a little bit slow or getting to the edge. I should say he seemed a little bit slow. He seemed to get stopped a lot in the backfield. Maybe their line was crappy, but once he got the line of scrimmage, he was a game changer. And I really liked that. Um, but I don't know. I, me personally, I just don't know if he's an every down running back. If he is, I think you very well might see him challenge AP for the starting role and a lot of those carries later in the season. I think the guy that this has the most impact on is Geis to me. And what is it going to do for Geis? Is it going to challenge Geis to take football more seriously, to be more committed to his health, um, you know, things like that? Or is it going to make Geis 
kind of, you know, ruffle his feathers a little bit. And, and how's he going to respond to that challenge? I don't know, because guys has all the talent in the world. I just, I'm not a talent person. There's a saying a long time ago that talent gets coaches fired. That's kind of what Geis is to me right now. If Geis converts that talent into work on the field, let's go, right? And he, he should have the job. But if Bryce Loves comes out and he's popping in camp and he's just, you know, doing what we think he can do, what he did at Stanford, I think that's a very bad thing for Geis because I don't know that both of those guys get a lot of work this year. I think one of those guys gets a lot of work. I think AP gets a, the rest of the work. And then, you know, uh, Gibson gets whatever's left over as a running back, um, you know, and some of the stuff in the passing game. And I think one of those guys is going to end up being on the outside of the running back trio. Because remember, we got McKissick. He's going to get his work. They brought him in, and they really like McKissick. I think that's been made known since he's been here. Um, so I think and, – and I think John Kime called him or Randy Jordan said he was a third down back. Like, I don't know, that like of McKissick. So – to me, that feels like he has a spot. They have a plan for him. So you can't get all three of those guys carries. And really, two of those guys are going to be more so on the outside. I think AP, first downs, he might be in the game a lot, right, if we're ahead of the chains. If we're not, then that then we're going to see what's going on between Love and Geis. Everybody I talk to thinks that Love has a higher upside than Geis. I, I mentioned this to you guys earlier in the week via chat. Geis has five knee injuries in three years. To me, that says that there's a problem with his knees, right? And every injury you have on your knees, you're compromising something else until that knee comes back to full strength. I just, I feel bad for the guy, but I just don't have any faith that his knees are going to be what he needs them to be to be successful in the NFL. And I hate that because I think he had a lot of talent, but I just, I cannot see Ron Rivera and Randy Jordan and Scott Turner saying, you know what, guys had a few good games 2020. Let's say he comes up the gate strong. Forget Love, forget AP, forget McKinney. This is our guy going forward. I mean, he has to have a solid year and be healthy this year and then come back and do the same thing next year. The problem is you got to start talking contract with this guy, right? He was a third-round pick, right, or a second-round. I can't remember. Was second, second or third-round? Second-round third round. Third second round pick. Like no, number second-round. No, 59 or something like that, right? Yeah. So at some <laughs> point – yeah, so he doesn't have that fifth-year option, I don't believe. So at some point – this is his third season – so are you going to let him go into his last year of his deal without a new deal? And then you got to do the whole franchise. You can't franchise tag this guy. I'm sorry. Um, they got a bunch of running backs. Right. So it, guys, he's got to show you something. And, well, you can't, though. I think, that bridge, you, I think you have up. to cross their bridge when you get to it. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with I you. Just, you kinda, you're yeah. kind of convincing me a little bit. I'm not going to lie on the AP thing. And, and this is the only reason. This is the only reason I say it. Because I personally don't – and I want to – if, if there's a small chance in the world that AP has ever listened to this podcast, I want him to know that I think AP is my favorite running back of all time. I mean that. I think that he's a legit NFL starter, still has a lot of gas in the tank, and he can get 1,000 yards for anyone if he gets the carries. That being said, where does that guy pick, uh, picture in? Like, why would you keep drafting running backs when you already have this guy on the contract and he's in his 30s? You know that at some point the wheels are going to fall off the wagon. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year or even the next two or three years. He might play this 40 like he wants to play. But I'm saying you drafted these guys to give them a shot. I don't think that the world thinks the Redskins – sorry, the Washington football team is going to win a bunch of games. I think that the goal this year is to get better. Hopefully winning is a byproduct of getting better. Do you get better with 30-something-year-old running backs 
and 37-year-old quarterbacks, I understand why you want to cut um, Alex Smith because of that. The money's not worth cutting them, I don't think, when you hope the third-string quarterback ain't playing anyways. But that aside, I, I want to see guys love Gibson and the other guy, whatever. Guys love Gibson. That's who I want to see yeah. most of the year. And I think if right. if AP is on the team week one, I think they will give him the first carry. That's not saying he's going to run or get – all the carries. I don't think he'll get the bulk of the carries, but I think. If, but if but if he's not on the team, and I don't think he will be. Something just tells me that somebody's going to offer a late round pick for him or compensatory pick for him, because there's there's going to be guys going out with COVID. Kansas City's running backs not even going to play, and that guy should have got Super Bowl MVP. Well, you know what I'm saying? Williams, right? Right. You know yeah. he's not even going to play this year. They drafted the guy <laughs> who's supposed to be great though. But who's to say one of those guys won't get COVID and just hurt themselves? I think that you keep him based on that. I don't think we cut him, but I think he's tradable because he still has gas in the tank and somebody who's on the edge of going to playoffs or even better than the playoffs can use somebody like that. But I, I, I don't see why you would want him to play at all. There's no I'm, upside to having an old-ass running back when you got young guys, albeit injury-prone, at least, at least give him a chance to get injured. The irony is I'm with you 100%. There should be no reason that AP is on this team with a bunch of young dudes, a young quarterback building towards the future. Right. But that also tells you something about how they feel about the guys in house. And going into the draft, it was public knowledge that the red, the Washington football team was going to draft a running back in the third round. That was known. And it all the time it seems like. Or we, we just didn't we didn't know who it was. But that the word we all got was now I'm saying we all like I'm part of this whole thing, but the word that was out hey, you there are, was you? Yeah, he admitted it just now. He admitted it. We caught him. There's our source. Ellie's Illuminati, guys. You and Julie. <laughs> the word was that the Redskins were not happy with their in-house options for running back. And so they were going to address that. Um and they did. And I, you know, and we know Gibson is a hybrid player who's primarily in the running back room, but we, everybody who listens to this podcast is on this podcast knows Gibson's not solely going to be out of the backfield. We all if, agree on that. If they're not happy on the running backs, it means they're not happy with AP either though. The, yes. And they shouldn't be. Man, they need to because cut AP, him. I mean, not AP cut him, but doesn't, he doesn't fit the system, but he he's here. He, number one, he is, he is he's reliable. He's not. He's there. Yes. yes. He's, that's, he's. That's what it is. He's admittedly said that he's not very good at running out of shotgun. He's still learning that. Hey, I think and Phil's this, getting ready to choke somebody. So, go ahead. What do you want to say, he, Phil? Dice still starts though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've spent ten podcasts now, just <laughs> absolutely jocking guys, and that's not going to change just yet. But one thing I said last podcast was when I'm talking about running backs, if Bryce Love was healthy, throw out half of what I said. Bryce Love is the other guy that I will chalk to death because, like I said then, I used to watch him play at Stanford, and I just loved watching the kid play. And I don't even like Stanford. 
I like their stadium. I think that'd be a good model for our new stadium. Bro, he had 2,100 yards his junior season. If we're going on highlights, I highlights a lot of those yards. Yeah. And for a guy his size, now, granted, he's put on about 10, 15 pounds since he came into the league, and I'm hoping it's all muscle. Um, but he's an in, he's an in, in between the tackles runner. He's really you know a guy who he he finds a hole and go. When they have him do the stretch plays, that that's not his strongest point. But he does do well between tackles, and I think that that would definitely help with this offense because then when defense defenses have to start packing in, you can spread out, and that's where guys like Gibson and Steven Sims and so forth become more of a key. Who has the bigger year, Sims Jr. or Gibson? If you're going to talk about yards from scrimmage, maybe like who just has the biggest uh, biggest impact. Gibson. That's what we're saying. It all depends on which one of them ends up returning kicks. I think that'll be that'll think, determine who has the bigger impact. I think Sims is going to return punts. I think kicks are going to be Love and uh, Gibson. When I love to Randy. Randy Jordan. I think Gibson will have a bigger year because we're going to see some really bad football on the defensive side for probably three weeks it, with no, with only two preseason games. You know how bad football – Yeah, There's no I mean, preseason, no is it? Well, no, 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 I'm sorry. You know how – I mean, for That's those who play football, shit. you know, it's hard playing – getting up to contact and full speed and then trying to play it without actually playing full speed contact. It's hard. So I think we're going to see some really sloppy football. So that means opportunities. Like right? you give Gibson the ball, man's going to be going. He's going to be gone. Um, I just think he has the opportunity to make bigger plays, not just because he might be better, but just because of the dynamic of defenders not being think, ready to play. I think Sims might have a little more, a little wiggle, more wiggle to him, man. Yeah, you know he does, but because uh, Gibson's not a wiggle guy, he's a right. cut guy and get up the field. I think, um, but it would have been Gibson, great for Shanahan. Just saying, I, that's exactly yes, what I was thinking. Would. Yes, he would. But he, but he's gonna, he's gonna touch the ball more than Sims, I think, because I think Sims is gonna, Sims is gonna have, you know, three to four catches a game, and maybe he does something magical with it. I don't see him having like eight to ten catches like he did last year in I some games. I think he's going to. I think I he's gonna get a bunch it. of jet sweeps and stuff like that too. It's just not. No, they got guys to do that now. And the report out this whole offseason was Sims was going to focus solely on the slot, and that's it. And so I think, you know, they got a lot of guys that can do that that aren't him. And so Gibson's going to get a couple carries, he's going to get a couple catches at least, and he's going to get the returns. And I think that's going to put him in terms of impact ahead of that. Um, the other thing I'm going to say in relation to Bryce Love and Geis is who's a better blocker? I don't know the answer to that question because I never looked into it for either. Nice. Yeah, guys can guys can pass. He's good at pass pro. I think he takes pride in pass pro. He would be a good third down back. Guys can catch, man. Well, let me let me let me get into details of this. Guys is naturally a better blocker, but that is something that any scout will tell you and any coach will tell you. That's had Bryce Love. That's a part of Bryce Love's game that he has improved dramatically on since his freshman year at Stanford. Um, you know, part of that's his size. He's not particularly big. Uh, so he's, you know, it was easy for him to get run over, but he's learned a lot more in the way of proper technique and at least getting a body in front of a defender. Right. So that's an area where he's not as naturally gifted as guys, but he has improved that area of his game 
um, in the past four or five years. And guys but wasn't a big time catcher out of the backfield. We just assumed it because he's not big. He wasn't a guy who caught a lot of balls. Guys caught right. balls. Right. You mean Love wasn't a, a big catcher? At the right. Guys, right. But you Love, Love. Yeah. Right. I think, but Love is much more explosive. I think than Geis is from what I've seen. One of the things I really hate about Darius Geis's game is the way he looks for contact downfield when I think he has the opportunity to score. He did it a couple I times last that. year. That's just it's a hurt. stupid way. Yeah, it's a stupid way to play running back. And I think he kind of has those mental lapses that I think are going to drive this coaching staff nuts, especially for an injury-prone guy. And I saw a quote just a second ago where guys was like, he's out to prove to people he's not soft. I'm like, dude, just just do what you do and don't worry about critics. Don't worry about proving you're not soft and then get yourself hurt again. I know I saw three or four runs last year um, where it was like, dude, just go around the guy and score. And I think Carolina was one of those games. that He may have scored later anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was just like you can't look for contact when you're in the open field downfield. It's That's, just not a smart football play. My track coach called it big dick energy, man. <laughs> to right. fight another day. You don't always have to yeah. seek out that contact. You know what I mean? Right. I do like he hits the hole. He hits the hole extremely <laughs> hard. That's what I do like about him. And whereas, you know, Adrian Peterson, he kind of tap taps, but no one I've ever seen in football has better feet in a hole than Adrian Peterson, man. I've never Absolutely. seen anybody yeah. do that. He's got, he's got he's, the problem is with AP, he runs himself out of yardage a lot. Right. Like he'll cut back and you're like, no, nah, bro, just keep going. You'd have had four yards and he'll cut all the way to the other side of the field and get nowhere. That, that's very frustrating with AP, but he usually makes up for it later yep so redskins right they have a lot of talent we've been talking about this for a while right? last week roster Who? okay well, sorry bad habit the washington football team we have not rebranded yet we will maybe it's up to rod um anyways ftw right um so we have a lot of talent on our team it's a great problem to have especially at the few positions that we talked about in the past running back the depth is great we're, I think we're at a win no matter what for us. Um, wide receiver, eh, I don't know. Um, we have some depth at some pretty good positions. Defensive line, front seven, we're, we're stacked. But, you know, transitioning to the next topic, we had zero players make the NFL top 100, right? So I just want to hear from you guys. Do you all think that we had anyone worthy of even making the list? Um, no. And if so, who? And no. then if not, you know. It is what it is. So, which I got. No, no, no from Phil. Heck no. I, I think Tressway should have made it. I mean, definitely Tressway. That dude, thinking, he's a monster. Like the whole time. nobody he's else on the team. Leader. He's not going right. to get there. Now it's I hard. Petition imagine he should have been a ninety-nine player, man. And they made no it the best punter on the fucking game. That yeah. guy's got the best stats of any punter in that small amount of time he's been a punter in the league history, man. The guy I mean, has the first touchback ever this year. Who here, touches here, the ball? Who touches the ball less than him in the top one hundred? Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Nobody should have been top looking at this. I mean, you got you got offensive linemen, but guards there, and stuff. Are there but more here, than two guards over a sheriff? I sure. I mean, yes. sheriff didn't make it either. But I would think he's third or fourth. Was hurt most of the year. You can't. Guard. You can't. Yeah. He. You can't. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't. Have I mean, yet. so. Kyler Murray, ranked 90. You think he deserved to be on this list? No. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick yes. down in the 60s. So I love Kyler Murray. I, I don't. I can't answer that question. I had to look further, further into they were, the list. But they were right about Jackson, though. They were right. They were. I don't think Ryan Tannehill deserved to make it at 68. I mean, Did he you probably say Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the list no, at Ryan, 60. Ryan Tannehill. 
I love oh, Ryan right. Tannehill. Don't get me wrong. He's on 68. Yes, and that dude only played half the year. Tannehill last year. That kid had a resurgence. He did. He played smart football. Uh, he did not. Yeah. Well, I would say RG three. I would say he played him. smart. He didn't play he, lights out, game changer. He yeah, was like exactly. Alex Smith. Well, he, he had Derrick Henry, who was number ten. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was a big He had the number. Mahomes definitely should have been a third or fourth, though. There's no way he should have been as low as he was. Uh, like yeah, Mahomes, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think I think that Lamar Jackson is the best player in the NFL. And I say that because, in a weird way, I think that if Lamar Jackson had told him you got to play running back, I think he'd be the best player out of their backfield. I think if they move him to receiver, he'd be their best receiver. If they move the defensive back, in a couple of years, he'd probably be their best defensive back. I really think that way about the guy. You're just a Louisville yeah. homer. I am. <laughs> I, that is actually a fact, man. No, I don't think we had anyone truly – I mean, outside of Tressway, he's the only person I think you could actually consider Sheriff. talking about. Sheriff didn't You play. got Tannehill on there, uh, Landon Collins would have been on there. He had, a, he had the same year you had with the Giants so, pretty much. Yeah, but I, he didn't do well in pass coverage. He, he stuffed the he stuffed the pocket. He, I know never, he didn't do well coverage. in pass coverage last year. I bet he was in the top 100. Yeah. Yeah. Seems, it just seems like whenever somebody comes to Washington, man, they just don't even add them to any list. I had the same argument about Madden, man. It's weird how fucking what's the name went like a ninety ranking Williams when he's a risk and when he's a risk and as soon as he goes to San Fran, he's a ninety-two. Yeah. He was a ninety-five with Washington last year at first in Madden, and then he didn't play, and the dude said, Oh, we lowered him because he didn't play. All of a sudden, even though he still didn't play, he's a ninety-two and ain't moved up. But that but that makes yeah. sense to me because offensive linemen are impacted by who's playing around them on the offensive line in terms of like you know, who's their guard? Is a guard in San Francisco better than the guards that we have here in D.C.? I think that answer is yes. If he was still in D.C., he'd have to do more, cover for other people's mistakes, which is going to lead to mistakes on his part. In San Francisco, he's not going to have to do that. You know what I'm saying? I so, bet he makes all pro this year. Oh, for sure. He will. No, but <laughs> the thing you got to remember about the, the NFL Top 100, though, and this is why I love this list. It's not, it's not um, the Pro Bowl, right? This list is by players for players. So – I trust this list more than I trust that, you know, uh, you know, uh, popularity vote they call the Pro Bowl. So I respect this list much more than any other list. So, but you know, Steve, take, uh, I think Von Miller's too low. <laughs> take it a step further though, in how they put this list together. The players don't rank these guys. Mm -hmm. It's it's a list that every player gets sent, and the players just select a hundred people that they like, and whoever right. gets the most votes is who's won. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think that's what gets com the confusion for people is people think that this is like some organized list of, mm -hmm. hey, each player is saying Lamar Jackson. No, Lamar Jackson was just on the most ballots that got returned to whoever put this survey and, and out. And not there. even every player returns their list either. So exactly. Exactly. My point. We so, don't know the full scope of this, but yeah, you're right. right. Absolutely. I think right. it's perspective. It's probably pretty representative, but I think that a good barometer of how our team is doing will be if anybody from the, this, our current roster makes this list next year. Terry McLaurin. I think, I, I think he's probably – him and Chase Young are the biggest candidates. Haskins, Haskins can make it if Tenny made it. Yeah, he could. He could. But, but, but let, me, let me give it to my point. Josh Allen made the list. <laughs> no. It's different, yeah, though, because Tannehill, Tannehill took his team being deep in the playoffs. He did. He did. He did. Josh Allen, the quarterback? Yeah. Not a quarterback. Quarterback. 87. Yeah, there's no way. 
My, can, my point can, is, can Cousins make the list? 56. Yeah, 50, yeah, he's in the 50s. 58. 58. Don't so, tell me. Now, but my point, my whole point on this is, is that if you see guys showing up on that list next year from the Redskins, don't be surprised, or football team, whatever the hell we're going to be called by 2021. Don't be surprised if you start seeing a lot more free agent interest in this team as well. Because I think that the number of that when we when you start seeing players from this roster creeping onto that list, it means yeah. that the team in general is getting attention from other players because it's a player's vote. Yeah. Don't be surprised if our free agency impact next year, especially with us having a little more money, because Alex Smith's not going to be here. And you know, we might be able to dump a couple other older contracts. You know, if Sheriff doesn't show up this year, he's done. I doubt it. Well, we'll see. But my point is, is that we're going to be able to be bigger players in free agency. And I think a lot of the reason why you don't ever see Redskins or football team players or whatever on these lists before is because there's a general disregard by players in the league for this franchise. They don't think about us. They, you know, it's a blip on the radar. And I think that if we can generate some interest through good play, and you know, you become notable. You'll see other players from other teams talk about our franchise. I would believe that, but I guarantee there's some Dolphins on there and Cincinnati Bengals on that list. So I mean, that, might I, be a Bengal because they actually have somebody like Geno Atkins. He still play? Yeah, he still plays. Need to make a list. Right. Gino Atkins not make a list. <laughs> no. For real, to your point about free agency, I think a bigger component to getting better free agents to think about coming here is Dwayne Haskins. Because he if he develops into a really good quarterback, and I always say my comparison was Carson Palmer, but was with I hate using the word like swagger, but with, with that type of he has Cam Newton energy in terms of personality and kind of vibes around him um, that people really gravitate to. Now, if he puts the play on the field behind that, not only is he going to elevate the value of the franchise, but he's also going to um, really attract a lot of free agents to this destination because he's going to make our team cool again. You know, Um, when RG3 was, was doing his thing, he just didn't do it long enough to really feel that benefit because remember he was hurt that next off season. You know what I'm saying? And already that turmoil was starting to seep in after 2012. Um, so that we never reaped that benefit. But, man, you see Haskins out here throwing with everybody on earth. You look right. at the comments on social media. Players are, like, bigging him up from all over the place in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey, um, Muhammad Sanu, Odell Antonio Beckham. Brown. Yeah. People dig his energy around the NFL. If he puts it together – he is going to change this franchise in ways that we have never seen before from Absolutely. a popularity perspective. And yeah. then here comes SportsCenter, who always got something to say. Now, all of a sudden, because, you know, SportsCenter is like a swagger jockey, right? Like, they jump from, you know, this person to this person, whoever seems cool, because that's kind of what SportsCenter is, right? They're, you know, a bunch of posers. But so they're going to be all over Haskins with, with their little comments, like, oh, Haskins dropping dimes or Haskins taking angles. You know that little stupid stuff they post on social media. I, I'm telling you, this guy, if he doesn't work out, 
Ugh. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's just bad news. But if he really puts it together, and I truly, truly believe that he will, it's going to be for the next 10 years just a complete 180 for this franchise, man, with him and Ron. I'm I'm so excited about that too, by the way. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Just I and I actually I like the Cam Newton energy comment because that actually is although it's funny because he doesn't have Cam Newton's mouth. Cam Newton used to sometimes talk a little too much. Haskins, it's almost like it's it's this strange kind of quiet swagger. Like it's just like he walks onto the screen and you're like, shit, that's my quarterback. Right. Yeah, I like Haskins a lot. And and he doesn't even have to dress like Cam Newton to do it. I think this I like this team a lot, actually, man. I feel like they all are a team. I don't feel like there's anybody out there that I Obviously, I don't know all the rookies yet, you know, and there's not a lot of social media as far as uh, seeing them in practice like we have are used to seeing them. Um, and we're not hearing a bunch of stuff from, you know, time. And all Glad that. you said that, Dev, because if you looked at every jersey at training camp, they all said team, team. where the name would right. go. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a I think they are off to a good start, man. And I, I see them doing big things in about three years. I think we could get one. If, if yeah, they all play up to the stamp potential. it, you said stamp it three years. Yeah, stamp so. it. Write it in all caps. Is <laughs> <laughs> the right Snyder? <laughs> Write it in all caps. Never. That aged horribly, by the way. No, it did. Yes, it I, did. But I, I agree with you. I, they're, this whole team, I like. Um, it's a vibe. Not, you know, aside, aside, you know, I, if guys, I just want to see guys prove it because guys is like that record Old Town Road where you're like, man, this record's trash, but everybody seems to like it. I, I, I just <laughs> I want to see him prove it, man. Hey, Wu-Tang is for the kids, right? <laughs> I don't think you're trash, guys. You're my favorite running back. He's not trash. I shouldn't of say All that. the younger I just, guys. I mean, Adrian Brees is my favorite running back of all time, but you my guy, man. You the guy. I want to buy a jersey, man. I want to, but I'm not going to, bro. <laughs> Until you start balling, but I want just, to. I gotta a Chase, buy a jersey. Chase I don't Young know who's jersey. I'm gonna get. Chase Young is the safest bet. I gotta chase Young. Terry McLaurin. I gotta chase Young. That might be. I won't get a Tressway jersey, honestly. Him too. He's not going anywhere. I know he ain't worth Nick Sunberg. Yep. All right, fellas. Well, I think we're gonna close this. Close out the pod on that note. Um, good topics today. We talked about. Um, Ron Rivera, we talked about the quarterbacks, the running backs, and then we talked about the top 100. So I think that's a pretty, pretty good list. Rap album. We did. And Phil's going Phil's gonna to battle him. Home. That's right. All right. Y'all got any shout outs, Ellie? Shout out Preston Marshall. Uh, shout out. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh one thing I to ask ahead, you, Ellie. Yeah. Do you think that Chase Young, uh, not Chase Young, but uh, Montez Sweat, it's kind of a Mario Williams type of player. Oh, that's a that's a real good comp. Um, him and and I'd also say Javon Curse, who I think was a freak athlete. Javon Curse is his peak. Mario Williams is. We get Mario Williams. That's a win. That dude was awesome. That, that's a, yes, yeah, he, he was. Led Texas to greatness for a while. <laughs> that's a win. <laughs> Javon Curse was better, but I think um, Mario Williams. Yeah. I would t- take that all day. I think his floor is probably somebody like a um, – let me think about this real quick. Kevin Carter? Uh, no. No, who's that guy? Carter, I think, was – Jason Taylor. 
minus a lot of the sack numbers because Jason Jason Taylor was good. I, I don't know if Jason Taylor he's a, he's a Hall of Taylor. Famer. I mean, uh, good might be an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, Lord Jesus. But, <laughs> oh, right. And today, Jason Taylor in today's game, I don't think would do what he did back then. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. He was too yeah. athletic for everybody. Right, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Maybe we'll save that for another pod. Let's do it. <laughs> all all right. right. Dev, you got any shout outs before we close out? Uh, what, Preston Marshall? There you go. <laughs> Phil? Uh, shout out to Skins fan and. MC, I'm mentoring Prophet Ghost album coming soon, and he's <laughs> trying to get me to join him. Hello, hey, Prophet Ghost. Is that your, your rep name? Huh? <laughs> you say your rep name was Space Ghost? No, his, his name is Prophet Ghost. Uh, what's his name for real? Prophet Ghost. Prophet I heard it. Ghost. I heard it. I think he had something with Nas or some crap back in the day or something. <laughs> it was something weird. He was on the same label as Nas or. No, you're thinking about Ghostface Killer. This, this dude's like 15 <laughs> years younger than me. He really did. He really did. Uh, Max Kellerman really half loves, man. They Google that. Hey, De- Kellerman going to catch hands if he keeps it up. <laughs> Dev stole my shout out time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it right now. You can't Go. Shout out Jeff Halma. Shout out Mike Pyatt. Shout out, uh, let's see, Jeff Runyon. Uh, uh, Joe, is that? That's my yeah. dog in the, in the chat. Cousin. Joe Runyon. Uh, who else yeah. is is active in the group? Um, dang, Snoop Dogg. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that's a Lamar Bland. He's always got yeah. something to say, good, bad, or indifferent. Lamar. That's my dog. Lamar. Um, Andy Burroughs. Lamar. He's got his podcast out there. Check it out. Check it out. Demar Daisy. Yeah, Demar Daisy for sure. The Postmaster. I'm gonna start calling him the Postman because he's just delivering stuff all day, every day. Um, shout out this dude named Phil who likes Geist too much. Dev who likes oh. weed too much. <laughs> Steve I like weed. You can never like much. weed too much, by the way. I want you to know that. You can never like weed Rod. too much. Shout out Rod for coming to the the right side, the light side about our running back situation because he was he was going hard this week, and I think he's finally seen the light. So shout out everybody else and Brad too. Little little inside baseball. We had an argument earlier this week. And Rod's flip nearly cost me a job here. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Walsh, too. Shout out that dude, too, because he's, he's active. Awesome. Well, I'm going to take a different route. I'm going to give a shout out to the 56 podcast. If you haven't listened to it, listen up. Internal, I'm a little plug for our man, Ellie, sitting in the bottom right corner for us. Hey, go listen to his podcast, him and his boy, Trey. They do it. They bring all kinds of random randomness, I tell you. Randomness. I wanted to put on a Zora mask couple, on, the way, on the way here to vacation. Um, let me see. They were just talking about masks, man, for COVID. It was good stuff. All kinds of just random random stuff that just amuses me. So, Zora was the most likable coach I ever had here. That's right. Zora, no, Zoro. Z, (laughs) talking about masks and COVID. Um, Anyways, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Appreciate appreciate everybody. Hopefully we'll get this posted soon. And uh, hail to the Washington football team, right? That's right. Red Wolves and FTW. Fuck Aaron Colvin. Christian Burke. (laughs) Dev is not for the kids. Dev is not for the kids. <laughs> I'm out. All right.